Welcome, friends, to the podcast Brown Girls Don't Do Therapy, created by a brown girl who just so happens to be a therapist. I'm your host, Divya Lewis. This podcast is born from a need to break down the continued stigma of going to therapy in many BIPOC communities and normalize that mental health is health. The goal of this podcast is to explore common experiences of BIPOC from a parts work lens and invite you as a listener into the therapy room to explore a new way of understanding yourself. Hello and welcome again to the episode three of the Brown Girls Don't Do Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Divya Lewis. Um, I'm a registered psychotherapist and certified internal family systems therapist. I started this podcast a couple of years ago and uh, I hit a bit of a roadblock. And so I am uh, wanting to share today a little bit about that as well as a little bit of what I'm learning is the foundation of all of the work that we do in the therapy realm in my own life. Um, yeah, uh, without going into too much of the analysis of what happened, I guess what I just realized is some of what I'm going to be talking about um, on attunement and bypassing has just been very real in this process. Um, themes of perfectionism and ADHD and avoiding and moving away from pain has been in so embedded into this process um, and I'm here and it's part of this attunement journey that is sort of holding me here in this process and bringing me back to this initiative that I feel really um, really passionate about really tied to um, yeah, so I offer today's um, episode, uh, yeah, for, I guess, just to honor honor what I have been recognizing um, that's important to my parts, to my system. So today I'm going to be talking about attuning and a little bit, just a snapshot on bypassing. Um, now, these aren't terms that we usually uh, here embedded into IFS trainings. That being said, it is the foundation of working with our inner parts. So the wording will be different. And um, for those of you that are therapists, you might recognize what I'm saying um, and also um, maybe learn and apply some of that IFS wording to, um, to these concepts. So I'm going to share um, what I mean when I say attuning to our parts, what's encompassed in it, why do we need it? Like, why is this even important to pay attention to, especially for BIPOC folks, and how attunement can actually help us navigate what's coming up for us around what's going on right now in the world with the Palestinian genocide. Um, yeah. So, to begin, attunement, um, I guess to also caveat this, that this is a, 
combination of things that I've learned and as well I've drawn from different um, teachers and elders that I've learned from. Some of it's a little different from what I've learned in trainings and so I'll put it out there um, as a reminder that really take what resonates with you and leave the rest. That this is not meant to be a um, right and wrong thing. So really honing in and tuning into what lands for you and drawing from that and bringing that into your life is the most important thing instead of taking what I say for, um, for face value. And so to begin, um, talking about attunement, for me attunement is the combination of self-awareness, a deep understanding, and then meeting needs. So it's a combination of both awareness and responsiveness. So self-awareness, um, you know, this is the identification of what's happening inside us, the naming of the accurate emotion. You know, when we look at the emotion wheel of all the different types of emotions, it can actually be really um, clarifying to name what's actually happening. So the naming of the accurate emotion, uh, being aware of how it shows up, whether it's in our mind as a thought, in our body as a sensation, if there's an image that comes to mind, and like a bodily urge or behavior, um, and noticing it in the moment that it comes up over time. Now, this might be something that starts off, you know, after the fact, you're aware of something, but as you practice being self-aware, you start to notice these things in that moment-to-moment -moment occasion. Um, Sometimes it's being aware of past patterns or the familiarity, how it links to um, patterns in your life, whether that's with relationships, past traumas, um, if you've been exposed to this feeling before. And this is typically the first um, main steps in any therapy protocol, IFS included. So in IFS, you would have the find, focus, flesh out um, protocols. And it's this process of uh, like becoming more self-aware to the different parts of you, to the different experiences that you're having. And the key here usually, um, again, just in any therapy modality is differentiation, or in IFS terms, we'd call it unblending. So this process is in naming the thought that you're having or in naming the body sensation, you become aware of it and you also have awareness that you are not that thought you're the one that's aware of the thought or you are not that feeling you're the one experiencing that feeling or that body sensation and so you come into your um, you know capital s self more you come into yourself more and become more grounded So even as I sit here, if I just kind of check in, um, yeah, I notice a little bit of tension in my back. I notice um, nerves in my chest. Um, and 
if you can't see me, I'm actually putting a hand over my chest. Um, I'm telling myself that I can do hard things, that it's okay. Uh, this is uncomfortable, it's been a while. Um, mm. I'm also telling myself that really after this, if I don't want to post it, if I don't want to share it, that that is also an option, that that's okay. Mm. Yeah, that, that seemed to soften what's happening in my chest, and now I'm just kind of like feeling this um, energy in my hands, an itziness. Um, and so again, if you can't you can't see me, I'm just sort of like um, shaking my hands out and just kind of moving some of that energy from my hands and squeezing my hands and releasing them. Ah. Now there's more there's more calm inside. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like sending my breath to my chest, to my body. I'm just wanting to also um, maybe just note the process. This process is really normal to have when we're working with sensations in the body. They might move, they might shift, they might need to be released. Um, yeah. We'll come back to that in, actually, let's, yeah, let's move on to understanding. So that, that first piece, self-awareness. Um, the next is understanding. Uh, so naming, naming it as we do when we're kind of describing the thought, the feeling, et cetera, the sensation is one thing, super important, but we also might have parts of us that know this in our mind that remember um, memories or that analyze and place everything in different places uh, that can kind of create that mind map. Um, and these parts might do so from a place that might be a little removed from feeling, from feeling that the nerves in the chest. I might have been able to name, I'm feeling anxious a little bit and sinking into that feeling or placing a hand, sending my breath, um, feeling, feeling those nerves is a little different. And sometimes it can be quite a stealth expectation um, that comes up to ultimately from, from some of our other parts to actually not feel the pain. So if I can understand the pain, if I can rationalize the pain, um, ultimately we sort of push the pain away, or it, sometimes in IFS terms, you might use the term exile or neo-exile, move away from the pain. So when I talk about understanding from our bodies, one thing I notice is the speed of things. I find sometimes the body moves slowly and our mind moves quicker. Um, and our minds are really astute, you know? It, my mind has learned exactly the things to say or do um, 
to even in my therapy sessions, you know, exactly the thing to say or do that sounds and feels right, that feels even like that compassionate self-energy, and I'm still not feeling it. And we'll talk a little bit about this later on in the episode when I talk about bypassing. But I'll give you even an example from just this moment ago. When I first put my hands on my chest and said, we can do hard things, it's okay, just keep going, I felt this urge like, stop, don't do this, just keep talking about this stuff. Um, It's safer to talk and why are you... Why are you right now feeling this nerves? Um, And so my first instinct was the encouragement and that support of like, I can do hard things, just keep going. And um, it actually, it was only until I, like it actually turned up the volume button inside on the nerves. I felt more of a thumping and it was when I, stopped and just gave myself permission to not post it if I you know if it comes down to it to actually not post this episode and um and give myself that choice that there was a little bit more um, calm and a little bit more soothing a little bit of that's when it shifted that's when it was like all right yeah like now I'm ready (laughs) hands shaking like let's let's do it And that part of me really, I felt like it needed to actually believe that that would be an option. And that's something that, you know, I think it happened internally. Um, Yeah. And, And these are a couple of different ways that we respond to our emotions. The soothing, the uh, pep talks, the choices that we give. Um, Yeah. So just kind of noticing and clocking that that those nerves in order to feel truly understood they needed to have that option they needed to they needed me to get that this is actually really vulnerable and that it if it was actually too vulnerable that this would be an option that I would actually have my system, my body's back before I had the intention of doing hard things, pushing forward, etc. So it's in witnessing or truly feeling, understanding that we can offer more attunement. Sometimes in IFS we'll use the phrase, we blend to unblend. So especially if um, there are parts that are really apprehensive to tears or to feeling emotion, it's a, a reassurance that actually sometimes we, we, we let ourselves feel and that actually helps us get some space. Yeah. It's in the true understanding that a part feels you get that it no longer needs to hold on to the pain and parts they don't want to hold on to pain they want to let it go 
So sometimes I ask clients a question, you know, if I were to ask this part directly, if I were to hold a microphone up to this part directly and ask this part if it feels that you really understand what it's trying to communicate or what it's having you feel, how would it respond? And this starts to give us a sense of attuning and really seeing if that part feels understood in the way that it wants to be understood by the client, by you, to the depth in which it wants to be understood by you. And that is, yeah, that's really important. And so self-awareness, understanding, and this last, this last component that I'm adding is meeting those needs. And I feel like this is an important last part to attunement. This is the responsiveness piece. This is one that sometimes isn't necessarily taught or um, it's something that might bring us more into solutions or doing and action taking. So I want to note it doesn't always mean doing something or taking that sort of action um, or implementing anything external. Um, sometimes the witnessing, the understanding is meeting that need, but sometimes in order to truly build or rebuild that trust in yourself, it does require more follow-up. Um, and so, yeah, just wanting to note that sometimes this step could be a bypassing if the feeling, if the awareness and the understanding hasn't happened, um, but also sometimes not doing the step can be bypassing. So this is that attunement piece as well, where we go to the part itself to see um, what it might need from you um, and not necessarily getting the answer from any other part. And this is that reciprocal relationship internally so it's is am i present enough to understand what this part of me is holding am i present and do i can i understand but also does this part trust me and can it understand that i get that does it believe that when i say Oof, i really understand i'm here to support you so this is that reciprocal nature this is the friendship that we build with the different parts of ourselves, and ultimately you know, I believe when healing happens, change to the larger system occurs. So we don't want to stay in a stuck place. The internal um, impacts the external and vice versa. And if that's not happening, something else is going on. And, you know, there's, it's worth it to like explore and go back to some of the, the self-awareness, the understanding pieces. So... I'd love to give you an example from my life that, um, again, has been something years in the making, um, years in the healing process, still in the healing process, um, just to sort of bring this to light, some of my learnings, and might or might not resonate with you, but it's around um, pain in the body, chronic pain. Um, it's been years now. Uh, but I, I'd get arch pains in my arches. Anytime I did and do 
um, even certain balancing, plyo, jumping, um, running moves. And when I first felt the pain, um, what's been modeled to me before is just push through and it got worse. So there was then a, another part of me, and especially as I was kind of moving more into this helping profession, that was like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not, um, I don't ever want to push past pain to the point of like incurring more injury, more pain, or being dangerous to my body. So I would stop. I would stop doing any action that brought pain or any action that I know might bring pain. Um, but what, after some time, what started to happen was I started to actually lose that sense of connection to my body because it would be a lot of things in the body that I would avoid or stop or, um, yeah, just move away from. And I started to feel disconnected. Um, I started to feel physically more unhealthy and more shame. Um, but again, this strong sense of not wanting, not wanting to feel pain. Yeah, and so there's the swings, right? On one hand, it's push past pain, minimize pain, dismiss it, um, that strength. And on the other hand, it was, and it kind of looked a little bit like self-care um, in in the, the avoiding of it or in stopping when pain arose. Um, but ultimately, I started to feel more fatigued, more sluggish, um, and that radar for pain became overly sensitive to the point where any sensation, um, whether I could handle it or not, was too painful and I'd stop. And so what I first thought was being attuned to my body was actually not attuned to me because my body was also screaming to be and feel more embodied and to move. And this was something that, um, you know, took a range of internal supports and internal work and external supports. Like, actually, like my physiotherapist, who also is a yoga instructor and that kind of grounding and uh, like osteopath, like different practitioners outside, um, as well as joining a program at a gym that was almost, it was like a trauma-informed movement program. What I mean by that is the focus was on actually not feeling pain, modifying, adapting, but not stopping. So um, giving yourself choices in those moments that, that um, energy, so I call it my I can't energy. Uh, comes up. I can't do this. To actually stop and give yourself a choice um, that you're right, you do have a choice to stop. And here are some other choices. You can actually switch from this movement to this movement where you're not working, like you're not actually um, using your feet arches. Um, 
to modify the number of like the time, the intensity, um, the focus being on showing up over productivity and how much. And also starting to recognize the difference between like soreness, pain that I can handle, and pain that I couldn't hit, that that's actually not what I want to be feeling and I need to stop. So there's more of a spectrum that was created. And this really, um, you know, this example really reminds me of therapeutic work in general. When we work with the window of tolerance, when we are learning to flex and widen our sense of inner safety while still um, recognizing that there's discomfort at times, that this will be discomfort, but differentiating between safety and being, uh, being safe and being uncomfortable. Yeah. So why is attunement important? Right now, the self-care industry, and I'm going to put that in quotes, the self-care industry is huge and it banks on people wanting the answers, wanting the solution, um, wanting that magic pill, and it sells you, you know, lots of money goes into the self-care industry. It sells you this solution. Um, attunement is what helps you discern what tool to use and when. So attunement is the process and the self-care industry sells you, or sells you like the, the product. Um, in the book Real Self-Care, the author distinguishes between the noun and the verb. And so the self-care industry gives you lots of nouns like this is the answer, this is the answer, you just have to meditate, you just have to, and you know, download this app or join this retreat for X amount of dollars, or you have to, have to um, you know, add this product to your shelf or um, join this program. So these are all the nouns, but attunement is the verb. It is the process in which you're discerning. It supports the wisdom in your body instead of believing and subsequently maybe relying on capitalist businesses that might care more about making money than about you. The other thing that I feel like is really important to name in as we're talking about attunement and recognizing and finding safety in yourself is that safe spaces, again, um, air quotes around safe spaces, I don't think those actually exist or are even um, fair to to use. It's, it's become quite a, a buzzword, so to speak, where people are offering that this is a safe space, but how can we guarantee that this will be a safe space? We Safety happens inside us. It happens inside our bodies. Um, and safety isn't something that we can um, expect any person or place or thing to be at any given time. Safety 
is something that we gauge, that we cultivate in ourselves on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, garnered through information that we get from our bodies and from our nervous system. So we cultivate safety through our self-awareness, our attunement, and caring for our needs. I think it's also like it's important to name and recognize that anything can be an opportunity to be activated, um, that it's a disservice to an unrealistic expectation on any person. The same person can be safe for you in one moment and not in another. The place can be safe in one moment and not in another. Also, this um, notion of safe spaces, um, I think it's important to name or consider that safe spaces for some sometimes are not safe spaces for others, especially in um, especially when there are times that we challenge the norms that we hold in our society. Um, yeah, and historically and actually in the present, it really is the marginalized and more oppressed groups that bear the consequences or have to abide by what those who hold um, identities of power and privilege typically deem to be safe. And so this process of attunement offers space to gauge safety within your inner system or discernment based on your current moment, your nervous system, what you need and your level of safety. Yeah. So a quick note for attunement and helpers, and this could be therapists, it could be coaches, it could be healers of all sorts. Attunement is especially important for therapists and helpers um, because people come to us to model how to be with pain, how to be in places of pain, of vulnerability, of tenderness, and we're not immune to the role and the impact of white supremacy, of capitalism, of all the other isms. And so given the added power in our position, I feel like it's even more important to take added care, to have those practices of inner work, to attune, to be able to recognize when we're activated or when something lands tenderly in our system, which inadvertently will kick in, will bring on some of our protectors um, when we're in spaces that we're interacting or when we're holding that space for others. We, um, we don't want to necessarily bring on those protectors because we can't, we haven't processed because we're um, experiencing our own inner response. And this can happen, I want to maybe share a quick note on um, drawing from empathy and differentiating that from drawing from compassion. It can happen and like it's really like natural, understandable when we are drawing from empathy that that might activate 
more pain inside us. Research shows in our brain and our bodies that the practice of empathy, and what I mean by that is like the practice of putting ourselves in another person's shoes to feel what they're feeling to greater understand them, which a lot of people who are drawn to this profession might do, might have been doing, might have been doing as a resource, as a thing that they um, have needed to survive. And this lights up the parts of our brain and bodies that are, um, that sort of like feel pain. So it lights up the pain centers in our brain. Compassion, when I say compassion, this is the, this is the practice of feeling for someone else. There's some distance here though. So recognizing, like seeing, um, seeing the pain in someone else and wanting, wanting um, wellness for someone else, but not taking on or not trying to actually feel and understand by becoming the pain or empathizing with the pain. There's a level of, there's the care without the um, practice of feeling into it. And internally in our brains and bodies, the practice of compassion releases more of the, and, and lights up the parts of our brain more in tune with connection, releases more of the hormones for like soothing, love. Um, and so just sort of holding that, that especially depending on what we're drawing from, and there's times and places to draw from each, but that practice of attunement to recognize something's coming up in my system, or, ooh, this is my protector. Um, if we're attuned to our inner activation, we can sort of be more aware and potentially recognize bypassing that might happen from our protectors um, and it can be a cue that there's tenderness behind there. And so just really quickly, I've talked about bypassing, I've said it in the episode at different times, um, just wanting to maybe name and offer a snapshot of what that is, and we'll probably go into it. There's so much more that I can say about it. and. Um, Let's just sort of name like bypassing. If we look at the definition of bypassing, um, it means to go past, to go around, avoid, circumvent. IFS invites a lot of awareness of so many different types of protectors that ultimately help us bypass pain, um, but do so at a cost. Um, there's so many coping mechanisms that help take us out of feeling um, distracting us, minimizing things, rationalizing, intellectualizing, um, soothing, instead of witnessing and attuning. And bypassing is especially um, important, I find, to clock when talking about keeping with our values, the things that mean a lot to us, but that also bring the most discomfort and potential for pain. Um, case in point, when I did this podcast, uh, what, yeah, what I see um, being done while we are now privy to a genocide that's happening um, across the world 
and in various parts of the world. Um, just lots of potential um, opportunities to bypass. And I want to also name and recognize that therapists can bypass, I think, with any modality. There's a lot of awareness of spiritual bypassing, um, using love and light so that we don't have to feel pain. There's intellectual like bypassing that can sometimes like be more prevalent in models, therapy models that are more cognitive in nature. But I believe that we can bypass using IFS, we can bypass using like somatic um, interventions. No model is immune and it is up to the therapist to check themselves, work on their capacity to be with strong emotions, to feel comfortable with strong emotions uh, without activating their nervous system and our protectors that then don't want to be with, because um, we can we can easily sort of, um, you know, feel into the protectors that are coming up with our clients and go along with it. Um, yeah. So I can't not name what's happening right now in Palestine, the genocide that's happening. And I want to bring this, I want to bring and offer the importance of attunement to promote sustainability when navigating pain related to social justice issues or activism, um, navigating life when parts of the world are being destroyed. I can't leave out what's taking place in, in Gaza and Palestinians being unfairly arrested without due cause or trial in the West Bank in Jerusalem. And as the bombings and attacks begin again, we're seeing over 21,000 killed, which more than 8,000 are children, and almost 1.8 million people displaced from their homes, likely, if things continue without change, unable to return. The grief, the rage, the helplessness, fear and sorrow are unprecedented for many people, which is why I I'd like to offer some reminders when attuning to these immense feelings. I'm going to just take a moment to just acknowledge, as I'm even saying that, some emotion coming up. and allow it because nothing about this is right or fair. Ooh. 
So first off, um, get to know your protectors. Get to know the ways that you might bypass feeling, not to stop them, merely just to have as windows or a doorway into self-awareness. Yeah, not to stop them. Our protectors are doing a really important job during this time. You might set aside time, kind of create a container to feel. Again, our protective system, all of the different ways that we're offering soothing or managing to navigate life is super important. And to be honest, I don't actually want my protectors or yours to back off. And I recognize that if there's a lot of feeling emotion that just gets pushed down, it might erupt, it might come out in a way that feels really big and intense. And so we try to show them, we try to prove to them that we can have the space or capacity to feel and still be able to get on with life, so to speak. I want to make a quick note that if you, if you can't access your feelings, um, if it's not there, if it, your protective system will not to trust this and consider working with a professional, um, yeah. If it's a matter of, of busyness, like there's no time, um, allocate time. If it's a matter of comfort, create a ritual or a space in your home or in nature that your body learns or starts to know that this is time dedicated to this. Sometimes having um, a practice, a word, an, like a phrase, an action, a ritual, to both open and close that time offers your body, again, just that understanding, setting that container for this sacred time to feel, to be with what comes up. I also want to remind us that each of these immense feelings are important and likely are different. So your attunement might look really differently. So for me, my anger, um, my rage, has energy that needs to be moved. It needs that physical exertion that doesn't actually have to be related to the content or the source of why I'm feeling angry. It just it needs to move. But it also needs action steps. So right now it's really looked like like government advocacy standing up against unjust systems. And that's what really, you know, that's shown that part of me that I get it and that I'm doing something. On the other hand, uh, my sorrow and grief needs tenderness, needs a space to cry, needs a space and needs enough time to be with 
and soften back into the humanity of what's happening. My helplessness has been a really tough place. And so I'll just kind of name that even as this whole process is unfolding, um, it's still a learning process. But what I recognize is my helplessness brings on a freeze response inside and small gentle movements can shift my energy a little bit out of freeze and that starts to show my body that there's some space to move out of freeze but what it really also needs is hope and this might look this might look um, like going back to posts that I've saved on people gathering around the world um, showing up. It can look like inspirational quotes from activists and people that I appreciate that I admire. Or it can look like connecting with others who are aligned. Um, in my vision with this shared humanity values goals and so as you go about this time as you hold the different things showing up for you I offer you care grace patience and perseverance especially perseverance and a reminder that you are important and so valued that you are put here in this life and in this time for a reason and that there's wisdom inside you waiting to be found. Yeah. I hope this podcast episode supports your inner exploration and please connect with me um, on Instagram at Brown Girls Don't Do Therapy Podcast. Um, feel free to share this with others if you resonated with it. Um, we're not meant to hold all of this alone. We grow, we heal, we live, we love in community. So um, my hope is that we continue, that I continue to build this community and continue to offer um, the lessons that I'm learning to all of you and uh, be with the discomfort but not bypass thank you for listening thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into this episode this podcast was created and produced by divia lewis original music by melody loops if you appreciated what you heard, subscribe, leave a review, or share it with someone who you think might resonate with it too. You could subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. You could also follow at Brown Girls Don't Do Therapy Podcast on Instagram to join in on the conversation. 